Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. How not to report an emergency water leak. I'm a dispatcher for a city water department, and sometimes we get panicky callers needing their water turned off for one reason or another. You'd think that you'd want the dispatcher to know the address of where you are and not fill a call with endless chatter so they could get the work done to get the crew there. Thankfully, I'm allowed to hang up on people. Me, city water depart, caller speaking super fast. Hi, I'm over at my mother-in-law's house and we heard a weird noise out in the garage so we went out there and there's water coming out of the foundation and we're trying to... Me, slow down, slow down. Caller, not stopping, sweep all the water away from the rest of the stuff in the garage and... Me, okay, stop, 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 stop. Caller, pauses to let me get a word in. Me, where is this? Caller, in the garage and we're trying to get all this. Me, I mean what location? Caller, my mother-in-law's house, like I said, and we're trying to sweep all this water. (laughs) Me, street address. Caller, 1234 ABC Street. There's just so much water and I didn't realize how much pressure. Me, okay, so you need an emergency shut off of the water at the meter? Caller, talking super fast like the Micro Machine commercials. Well, at first we heard this kind of pop, but not really a pop exactly, but then we could hear water running. You know, like when the washer's on, you can kind of hear how water moves through the pipes. Well, there was that sound, and we wondered what kind of thing inside the house would... And still not totally answering the question. Me, interrupting, talking over the top of him. So I'm going to try to get a crew out to you as soon as I can to shut the water off. Is that what you need? Caller, still speaking super fast. Yes, after we realized there wasn't any kind of appliance we knew of, we tried to follow the sound of the water pipe to locate the water in the house it could be, you know, and they realized it was mostly coming from the direction of the garage and me. I don't need any of that information. I need to radio the crew, okay? Caller. Okay, and then we went out into the garage and then we saw a bunch of weird movement and thought, I wonder why is that moving? And then we realized that maybe water is moving them around and then we turned the light on and could feel the humidity of the garage, you know, and me. Station identifier to crew identifier over radio. Caller. No, I didn't say that. I said we heard a noise at the garage, and when we went out there, we took a look and couldn't see anything at first until we realized, me, crew identifier responds. I have a code XYZ at 1234 ABC Street. Caller. And then we realized that maybe there had been some kind of pipe burst out in the garage, but we, crew on the radio, en route, caller still going on. And so then I was like, how are we going to get all this water out of the way and all the boxes? And then they were like, me interrupting. So the crew's on the way to 1234 ABC Street, okay? Can I get a first name and a callback number for the report? Caller. My name is name and my number is number. Be sure to tell them we have a lot of boxes. It's in the garage and the garage door is open and it's starting to... Me interrupting again. None of that is relevant to them. They're going to arrive on site as soon as they can and turn the water off near the curb. How you handle anything else is up to you. You can ask them any questions after they get there. Caller. Well, I just wanted to make sure that they knew it has to be soon because there's this really big heavy brown box, the kind with the lid that you have to close together at the same time or else it won't close right, and then the rest of the stuff you put on top will teeter to the side, you know? Well, it has some pictures in it. It's heavy to move, and if we didn't think of the brooms in time, there would have been me. They're on their way. Caller. Okay, great, and and I hang up immediately. I get the report typed up, minus the essay, and the crew arrives and reports to me over the radio that they see no one on site. No garage door open, no water in the driveway. I dialed the number the rep gave me. Me. Hi, this is my name with the water department. Caller. Oh, good. When are they going to show up? We've been sweeping the water. Me. The crew is on site at 1234 ABC Street like you told us, but there's no one there. 
Are you not at 1234 ABC Street? Caller. We're at my mother-in-law's house. I'm a son-in-law and we have been sweeping to make sure it doesn't soak any of these really huge boxes because we're not very strong and it would take a long time to move. Me even louder now. My crew is at 1234 ABC Street and no one is there. Caller. 1234 ABC Street. Yes, that's my mother-in-law's house and we're sweeping all this. Some lady in the background of the caller yells something that's not really clear. Caller. Oh, we're at 1234 JKL Street. I thought you said they were outside already. I mean, we're standing here and sweeping so the water doesn't get to the... Me. They're going to pack up again and drive to the address, so you'll have to wait a bit longer. Caller. Well, hurry. These boxes are going to be soaked, and I don't know if all the pick... Me. Station identifier to crew identifier over the radio. Caller. No, no, no. We're at 1234 JKL. Not those numbers you said. <laughs> Me. I'm talking to the crew on the radio. Caller. Okay, well you sent them to the wrong address the first time. I was just making sure you didn't send them to the wrong address again because we're trying to use brooms to push all the water that's gushing out of the concrete out into the driveway and we're sweeping and sweeping and we're worried that some of the boxes will be one big box in particular might be but others might have something in them like color. I told you I was at my mother-in-law's house and we've been waiting here for them. We would have seen them. You clearly... Me. They're on their way now to 1234 JKL Street. Caller. Okay, good. And be sure... And I hang up again. Thankfully, I didn't need to talk to them anymore after that, but bless the undying patience of that mother-in-law. Holy cow, I think I about had a stroke trying to read that fast, but uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it uh, came through and I said all the words correctly. We'll see. Yeah, it's amazing when you ask somebody a question. I have family members like that. Love them to death, but you know, if I ask you what time it is, I don't need the history of the clock. I just need to know the current time. Anywho, uh, people are amazing. Computer number. I'm still in training, so when weird stuff happens, I get waved over as a learning opportunity. This happened on Friday. A really upset user called in saying that his program wasn't loading. As soon as my trainer took the call and heard the guy's voice, he waved me over to listen in. Guy. There's a line of people waiting and this program isn't open. I need someone down here to open this program right now. Coworker. Okay, we can help, but can I first get the code for your computer? Guy. It's a whole line of people. Do you understand that? I understand, but to help, I'll need your computer number so I can connect. Guy. You're not coming down here? You heard me say I have a line of people and I can't help them until you help me. <laughs> computer number. Guy. 554-54686. The guy kept going on, but my coworker didn't say anything else. Just connected to his machine, double-clicked the icon, and we watched the program he needed load right up like normal. Finally, guy stopped ranting. Coworker hung up without waiting for Guy to say anything. He said these are the kind of calls I'll have to get used to. Said that the user's number one solution is always for someone to come down to the floor and not get tricked by that. Yeah, people don't like to cooperate when you ask them questions to get information that you need to help them. They want that personal touch. They want you right in front of them for some reason, even if you don't need to be there. I'm not sure why. If you need that much consolation or support, go get yourself a ferret or something and keep them in your pocket. Whatever. I refuse to give you details of my issue, but you must resolve the issue at once. I provide help desk support on POS systems in restaurants, pubs, hotels, etc. Worst customer base I've ever dealt with. This is just the most recent painful ticket I had to deal with today. Restaurant owner logs a ticket that they're having issues with the tablets they use as ordering pads. I call the owner to get details on what issues they're having. Me. Hi, I'm calling from tech support regarding an issue you're having with your tablets. Owner. Yes. Me. 
Okay, so that's no problem. I'll get this resolved as soon as possible for you. What exactly is the issue? Owner. I don't know. You tell me. You're the IT person. <laughs> me. Yes, but I need to know exactly what issue you're having so I can investigate. As far as I can see, the tablets are on and the software is loaded up okay. Owner. I'm not an IT person. Why do they always give me someone incompetent on the phone who don't know what they're doing? Me. Actually, a lot of your recent tickets have been assigned to me and I know the issues have been resolved within 10 minutes. I'm sure we'll have a resolution for this issue if you just describe what's wrong. Owner. You people do not realize how stressful it is down here for us. Me. I've worked in hospitality myself in previous jobs and understand the pressure you're under when things don't work, so I'll do all I can to get you up and running as soon as we can. Owner. You do not understand at all. You people just sit at your computers being unhelpful until your shifts end. This conversation is not word for word. Some of it may be paraphrasing as it was not one quick conversation. It was a 42-minute phone call going around in circles saying the same things over and over before I hung up as I had other tickets backing up. I'm not surprised the restaurant industry are finding it so hard to find and retain staff considering the absolute clowns who run them. It is a stressful job. Any kind of retail and hospitality where you're dealing with the public and, you know, the customer's always right. That kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be stressful. People are going to stress you out. Even the nice ones that are cooperative are going to stress you out because you feel like you're performing. You know, you're trying to do the best you can, give them their money's worth, give them a good experience. It's still stressful no matter what. But we all know that there's all those other people out there that are going to complain and send food back and be unreasonable and things like that. But you're not helping your own case, though, when you're going to give the same hard time that your customers give you to the tech support guy who's trying to keep you in business. IT people will hate me for what I did in order to help a coworker. Many years ago, I worked for a well-known telecom company, which is in full save-every-penny mode. The CEO at the time is now convicted for stealing from the company, by the way. And a coworker was having trouble with her laptop. Namely, it was extremely slow and had signs of a failing hard drive. But the IT department said everything was okay, and unless the laptop didn't turn on anymore, they were unable to replace the hard disk. Now this would be a simple matter of just waiting for the hard disk drive to fail completely, right? Thing is, my coworker was supposed to go on an on-site job on another country next week, and there was a very high risk of the hard drive dying while abroad, with no chance of having support nor an easy way to fix the issue. Cue my personal brand of tech support, with my coworker's permission, of course. First, I noticed the BIOS was not password protected, so I was easily able to change the boot order and boot from an Ubuntu Live USB drive. Next, we went straight to install Ubuntu and was presented with the disk utility, where of course I was able to delete all partitions, including the recovery ones, and leave the hard disk drive with no format. A few minutes later, my coworker and I were en route to the help desk, where upon arrival, she just said the laptop didn't turn on anymore. The IT guy took the laptop and turned it on, where he was greeted with a OS not found message. So of course the guy immediately started the recovery process, typed a few commands, looked confused, turned the laptop off, took out the battery for a minute, turned it on again, typed some more commands, looked even more confused, shut the laptop down again, and just said, we'll call you when your new hard drive is ready. About an hour later, my coworker got the call, went to retrieve her laptop, and started to restore her backup files, commenting on how fast the computer was now. So I guess she got a brand new hard drive after all. Honestly, I doubt most techs would even care. I would be willing to bet that there was some company policy that said, you know, if it, if it turns on at all, they don't need help. And basically what you did was help them to be able to circumvent those rules. They're working either way. As long as you're not breathing down their neck about it, 
I think they're going to be pretty cooperative with it. But if they got policies to follow, then yeah, you find the loophole and the workaround like you did, and everything ends up okay. I ain't mad about it. No, our software won't calculate your stock 180 years from now. I work as a help desk tech for a tiny company that sells a big old software package from here on, BOSP, for handling inventory, orders, purchase orders, reporting, customer details, the whole lot. There's barely half a dozen of us that work here, so depending on how far I get with any particular issue, I pretty much double as tier 1 and 2. The bare bones of BOSP are 20 years old now. Our installer still installs the MS Access 2003 runtime and a copy of JetComp dated 1999, but a lot of interaction with it is automated these days. Orders coming in, instructions going to the warehouses and such, for a good chunk of our clients is completely hands-off. Purchase orders, on the other hand, are only mostly automated. BOSP will quite happily calculate what it thinks you need to buy in based on any future dated orders that are loaded in and on any set numbers you want to keep stock at. It's even usually pretty accurate with it, but a lot of people still do this bit by hand simply because a lot of money rides on it, which leads into the story at hand. I get a call from a lady at one of our clients who's trying to check the stock of a certain item they're selling. BOSP has a few numbers available for this. Raw numbers for how many of the item are in your various warehouses. The item's free now stock. Current stock minus any existing unfulfilled orders for the item. And the item's free future stock, which looks at purchase order data to tell you what your free now will be in, say, two months' time when a bunch of purchase orders have arrived. She tells me BOSP is showing her that raw stock and the free now just fine. But when she tries to view the free future stock, BOSP absolutely panics. I can tell I'm not going to get much more useful information out of her over the phone, so I remote in and see for myself. As she clicks into the free future section, BOSP does indeed absolutely panic. The table that displays the information starts flashing white, and the horizontal scroll bar at the bottom shrinks very quickly. It then promptly crashes, giving one of its usual generic unhelpful error messages. Huh. Once I get it started back up again, I try it with another item. Nope, doesn't do it. That pretty much conclusively tells me it's something to do with the data itself, rather than any software issue. So armed with that knowledge, I start looking at the various tables BOSP uses to calculate the free future number. I go through customer orders, current stock, nothing out of the ordinary, but then I get to the purchase order table. For context, the screen that was going nuts shows each month in the future as a column, but it only displays as many as it needs. If your most distant purchase order is only three months away, it'll only show three months of data in three columns. Now think back to the scroll bar earlier and the title of this post, and I think you'll see the issue. Sure enough, after sorting the purchase order table by delivery date, descending, there lies the culprit. A purchase order for the item dated 2202. <laughs> after a quick bit of testing, yeah, unfat fingering the year on the delivery date makes BOSP no longer have a fit while attempting to display 180 years of stock info. Another one to add to the pile of backburner bugs that'll likely never get worked on. Yeah, if I had a nickel for every time I fat-fingered something, whether it was in a spreadsheet, email, texting, it doesn't matter, web forms. Now let's add in the uh, autocorrect that really hates me on my cell phone. And uh, yeah, you've got a recipe for disaster. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.